Help support your local businesses. Whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops, local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. They remember your order and call you by name, always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support, so let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, help your team score and choose to shop at local businesses. And while you're there, look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with the contactless Visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Down in Chicago, there's a foundation there of players that has been created over time. The fans expect some tough competition today. In addition to Nick Foles, we've increased competition at a critical position. Leo Sayers, ducking through. Hands it through the middle, touchdown! We need to figure out offensively what is our identity. But I can tell you guys right now, we're ready for everything. A significant injury, a quarterback change, and Bears down 16 in the fourth. Damn! We got him right where we want him. I can get used to this winning thing! It's time for Hogan Johns. Second and goal from the two as Trubisky throws. Touchdown, Jimmy Graham. Balls on third down to the end zone. It is Graham again, his second touchdown today. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Ho. I'm the dude. That boy's good. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. This is perfect. Six dig dudes with money. Catch is made by Robinson, and he breaks free. Allen Robinson takes it all the way for a Bears touchdown. The Bears are ready in field goal range. The pass is caught in the end zone for a touchdown by Anthony Miller. Together, they're Hogan Johns. We wanted to win so we could dance. He is Nick Foles, and he is the Chicago Bears quarterback, Adam Johns. Damn it. <laughs> so long to your uh, bold prediction for the season. I don't, no, 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 no. Nagy's not giving up on it yet. He said he doesn't know who's <laughs> yeah, starting yeah, next yeah, week. Yeah, he, he can save that. Yeah. Save that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got a good chuckle out of that. He can save that, though. <laughs> Nick no, Foles uh, is your quarterback. Yeah, Nick Foles. If, uh, yeah, if Nick Foles isn't starting against the Indianapolis Colts next week, then... Uh, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I don't... <laughs> who knows? Welcome in! How about that? Did not wake up on this Sunday morning uh, thinking that the... Well, I could have imagined a situation where the Falcons blew a huge lead and the Bears came back. That I could have imagined. I did not imagine that the benching of Mitch Trubisky would have happened uh, after what we saw the first couple weeks, which wasn't great, but I thought it was progress. And they go to Nick Foles. The Bears come back and win. Obviously, it's understandable. We're going to talk about it all here follow us on twitter at adam hoag h-o-g-e at adam johns j-a-h-n-s all the post game reaction it's there for you there's a ton of it it's about quarterbacks which is what this podcast is going to be about mostly today too uh with a brief appearance by this guy hello everyone this is al riveron but we'll get to that you can read all the post game stuff up on the athletic the athletic.com slash hogan johns is where you want to be subscribed if you are not that's where you can read johns that's where you can read the fish man Kevin Fishbane, and uh, my postgame column is up at NBCSportsChicago.com. Please rate and review the podcast. We appreciate you doing that. I could give you the voicemail number, but I'm pretty sure it's all jacked up and full at this point. I think we reached the max twice today is uh, what Twitter reports are telling me. That might have been before Foles came in, too. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if you can still get in or not, but it is 872-221-0046. 
872-221-0046. And I'm sure that that's going to be lit up. So we'll have those voicemails for you on Tuesday's episode. All right, Johns. We expected this to happen at some point in the season. Your thoughts? Yeah, it was always a matter of how, which would be, like, I want to start with the, the Anthony Miller miss, and then you had the interception. Yeah, always a matter of how and then when. Uh, Matt Nagy, it wasn't like he was looking for this, but all he needed was this. Two bad throws. The interception was egregious. He can't have that. It was just a, a matter of when it played out. Did I think they were going to make the switch? In the middle of this game, in the third quarter, after your quarterback starts off two and zero to open up the season, no. But Matt Nagy, bold move, definitely bold move. So, if you read uh, before the season start, right before the season start, right before the the quarterback decision was made, I wrote the case for Mitch Trubisky and the case for Nick Foles. And in that piece on Mitch Trubisky, if you read it you saw that a big focus, as much as it was about coverages and things like that, which it was, but performance in the red zone and on third downs, okay? And I know that Nagy's kind of been made fun of this for his simplicity and just saying we need touchdowns. That's kind of been a theme so far. I heard him say it on the pregame show this morning as he was talking to Jeff Joniak. Again, we need touchdowns. What happened in the first half of this game? The Bears were moving the ball in the first couple drives. They were moving it, they were moving it, they were moving it, and then they settled for field goals, one of which was missed. Then you get to late second quarter. Bears somehow have a chance, 16-10, to because they do go down and score. 16-10, to a minute left, and the play is there for Mitch Trubisky to make to Anthony Miller, and it's third down. And you know what? Everything pre-snap was good. I went back and watched it. Mitch saw that the Falcons were about to blitz. He called out danger, danger, which brought G- uh, Jimmy Graham in closer to the formation as an extra blocker to Bobby Massey's right. The Bears picked up the blitz. The Falcons rushed six. He picked it up. Everyone picked it up. The throw was there to be made. He had the time to make the throw, launches it downfield, overthrows Anthony Miller. And you got to believe Matt Nagy's blood is boiling at that point. Because it was there. The Bears could have had the momentum. They could have been up 17-16. to 16, And Johnsy, he didn't make the throw. Yeah, it's... Well, Matt Nagy said himself, they discussed benching Mitch Trubisky at halftime. And you could bet that green shirt of yours right now that you're wearing, Adam Hogue, that that was discussed in that meeting because they were probably disgusted with it. And let's be honest... The numbers show that Mitch Trubisky's not a good deep ball thrower. He's worked a lot at improving it. But that just wasn't a miss for today. That was like like a miss that's part of a lot of misses. Overthrown balls over the middle. There's a couple of Taylor Gabriel that we always mention on this podcast. So you don't mean to we don't mean to hyper analyze that play, but it goes back to, to, to pass plays that he's missed. Like game changing throws where your receiver is open by a few steps, and the ball is missed. The pass is missed. The ball is overthrown. Yeah, and look, Nagy called it a gut feeling, but I think it's always a gut feeling when you make a huge move like that. But I think what we're trying to explain is that of if there's like the list of things that Mitch needs to improve, he was hitting all of these in this game of 
not improve, if that makes sense. Like he, he wasn't doing the things he's supposed to be doing. So you had uh, the failures in the red zone, the failures on third down, the deep balls not being there, not hitting the deep balls. And then the last one, and maybe there was issues earlier in the game we didn't quite diagnose, but the interception coming out of halftime, early third quarter, just not reading the coverage, not seeing the guy. I don't know. Jimmy Graham wasn't looking for the ball, but the ball never should have been thrown, and it's picked off. And that's the moment where Nagy makes the move. So you kind of hit on everything there, and when you really look at it that way, you see why the move was made. Yeah, yeah, that... I went back in my column, which by the time you um, are listening to this, it's up on, on the athletic. That, like, I went back and looked at the the master of coverages comment, and we've talked a lot about that with Nagy, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. been a persistent or you know incessant question with him because you want to see Trubisky handle man coverage and zone coverage quite well if he's going to be your long term answer at this position. In order to become, you know, that type of quarterback, you have to be able to do that. So seeing that throw, like the anger level in Nagy had to be significant because this is the one of the worst defenses in the yeah. NFL. They're down guys too. They're down their best pass rusher. It, it just this is a game that the Bears should have felt like they, they could have won, I don't want to say easily because the NFL is unpredictable, but they were the better team. And they didn't have the good enough quarterback play up to that point in order to show that they were the better team. So, here he comes. How's everyone doing? This is Nick Foles. Just entered the meeting. Entered the meeting, entered the game, entered Matt Nagy's offense. And I got to say, Johns, I, I mentioned this after the Lions game on our post-game pod. And I've been struggling with this, too, the last couple weeks as I've analyzed Trubisky's play. He's actually, I think he, in the first two weeks overall, he played pretty well. But I remember at halftime of the Detroit game feeling the same way. Like, some of this is on Mitch. Not all of it's on Mitch. But whatever it is, something is missing in this offense. Something is not there. And it's trickling down on the other players. It's just a disjointed, inconsistent offense. And with how much the quarterback position means in football and controls all this stuff, I kept going in the back of my head like, maybe you just got to play Nick Foles to see if it all comes together. Now, I don't think Nick Foles was perfect. I mean, there was some ugly throws in there, a couple ugly throws. Uh, his completion percentage, I don't have it right in front of me, but he was barely over 50%, actually, I think. 16 for 29. They had that triple coverage throw that somehow they the Falcons just missed and it got completed Jimmy Graham. There, I mean, there was some luck involved. Yeah. That being said, Nick Foles got the job done. Ends up throwing three touchdowns. Had two other ones taken off the scoreboard after reviews. Whatever it was, however you want to analyze the tape, all of a sudden, the Bears' offense took off in this game against a defense that it should have been doing this against pretty much the whole game. So I guess it's possible that Nick Foles is that missing piece, and that's what I ended up writing about on NBCSportsChicago.com if you want to read it. Now, we're just watching on TV, so we just have the broadcast copy. But Adam, it felt, it looked different. For Foles and a different Trubisky, like the, the play calls, the, the aggressiveness felt different. And 
so I, I'm trying to wrap my mind around what they were calling, and you see Nick Foles on the sideline, like literally pointing to the plays on Matt Nagy's play sheet that he wants called, right? So that's that's already different for me when you look at what Trubisky is or, or has become under Nagy right now. But then, like, to hear Nick Foles' explanation, or sorry, Trubisky's explanation that I missed my throw to Miller, but Nick Foles hit his. So you see that there was actually some some sameness, some similarities in, in the play calls, right? Like you, you see that, you know, there, there are changes that go from quarterback to quarterback, but they're not, it's not all wholesale changes, right? So to, to hear him actually verbalize that Trubisky, kudos to him, but then to hear Nick Foles explain how that play actually came to fruition, I was extremely impressed by what he said uh, about what he told Miller in the huddle before that game-winning touchdown throw. Yeah, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's let you hear, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it. The Bears' new starting quarterback, Ooh. Nick Foles. Ooh. Nick, what's the conversation when they tell you that you're in? Um, what was the conversation like? Yeah. Um, it was just something where, you know, on the sidelines, Coach Nagy just said, hey, you're in. Just uh, get warm. And it was as simple as that. Jason Leisure. Nick, how are you able to go in in a situation like that, knowing you're going to have to throw, knowing you guys are down and things have gone poorly? And have that uh, that presence of mind and calmness that you had. I think uh, just from experience playing this game, um, obviously, you know, practice throughout the week, you don't get reps, so you're constantly getting mental reps and uh, being prepared and running the scout team, just trying to play ball. And it really came down to you know we were down by a little bit, and our defense did a great job of holding them and uh, just going out there playing ball, trusting guys, watching the defense, watching the secondary, getting us the good plays if we need be and executing. Um, you know, the way I approach the game is one play at a time. So it's not easy coming in cold like that. But if you can approach it with the mindset, hey, just one play at a time, you can't get all the points back in one throw, um, that helps a lot. Kevin Fishbane. Hey, Nick, uh, can you walk us through the, the game-winning touchdown to Anthony, kind of the play, how you saw it come together in the throw? Yeah, you know, it was, uh, we sort of had two plays on, and uh, we didn't know if they were dummy in their look. They had sort of got me earlier in the game and swiped back to two high safeties when they were, it looked like they were bringing everyone. So we were able to configure a pretty cool little two-play play, and, you know, they showed a, what we call a zero blitz, and we were able to check it and get the ball snapped quickly, and, you know, line did their job to give me just enough time to throw it, and A-Mill was right where he needed to be to catch it, and he made a great play. So... That's a, that's a fun way to win a game when they bring one more than you can handle and we execute it. Dan Wiederer. Nick, just following up on that, how much of that throw did you see? You got, you got hit pretty good right as you were releasing it, and, and when did you know it was good? Uh, I didn't know. I didn't see a whole lot. When we were in the huddle, I had explained to Anthony that if I do happen to kill it, I'm going to throw it to the L. So get to the L, on the L, and it'll be like a pretty stiff ball. So I just knew just in case – that uh, I didn't have time to get it off cleanly, that uh, he would be there. So we had that conversation, and he did his job. Mike Berman. Nick, you know, you you and Mitch both talked about the way you guys supported each other during the quarterback battle um, in the offseason. What is the emotion like to watch him get pulled? Obviously, you want to go in because you want to play. Um, and you do go in, and you succeed and win the game. I'm just wondering, what's how do you kind of put put into words all of those emotions after a game like that? 
Yeah, there's definitely a lot of emotions, and that's the toughest part of the game. And I think the biggest thing, and I said it from the beginning, is how I approach the game. The QB room, the foundation of it should be, you know, friendship, getting to know each other, being brothers. Um, and, you know, that stayed true to today. He was amazing. Um, I, I've been where he's been, and it's not easy. But he, he, had, he was supporting me 100%. I, I know the emotions are real because I've been there. I've been there recently. Um, but I'm grateful that, you know, throughout training camp and throughout the start of the season, um, we've continued to build that relationship to where when something like this happens that really – it really sucks. It does. Um, we're able to be genuine and support each other through it all. And that's why this game, when you can do it the right way, is really special. Um, Mr. Trubisky is an outstanding quarterback. He's got a bright career ahead of him. I don't – you know, this is just one day. And uh, I know throughout my life, anytime I've had trials and everything – um, it's equipped me to be a better person and a better player. Not saying that you wish that on anyone, but we'll be there, and I'm excited to go to work. I don't know what the situation is or whatever, but I was really grateful for how we handled it today. He's a team guy, and he showed that leadership today. Larry Mayer. Hey, Nick, as an offense, how demoralizing is it to have two touchdowns re- replay reversed off the board? And then as the leader on offense, do you have to kind of, I don't even want to maybe say pep talk, but you have to remind everyone that we're still in this game and we need to overcome that adversity? Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate. We had two, uh, you know, touchdowns called back. One, you know, in my history in the NFL, if it's 50-50, it usually goes to the uh, offense. This, This time it didn't. So that was interesting. That was a first for me. And then obviously the second time we just, you know, it happens. That's part of the game. But I'd say the big thing is it's not really a pep talk. It's just keeping guys going, continuing to talk to them. You know, I, I don't really worry about the score because you can't score 16 points with one throw. You can only score six. So I knew that, hey, one play at a time, this is what we're seeing. This is what I'm thinking. Hey, be ready for this, you know, and just staying in the game and trusting our defense. It's a team game. And uh, we were able to, you know, stick together and play together through a lot of adversity today and uh, come out on top in a crazy game. So, Nothing too crazy, just continue to talk to the guys on the sidelines. A few more for Nick, Adam Johns. Hey, Nick, at one point on the broadcast, we saw you looking at Matt's play sheet and kind of pointing at plays. Uh, I'm curious, just in terms of your comfort with him as, as a play caller, how would you describe it in terms of what you want to do, he wants to do? It, it just definitely seemed more aggressive when you got in the ballgame. Yeah, I mean, the, in you know reality, this is – Coach Nagy and I's first time ever. This was his first time really calling plays for me since we've known each other. Um, just because in KC he would send the play in, but it was through uh, Coach Reed. So, but we've known each other. He knows how I am as a player, and I think the big thing was I was just highlighting plays I liked. And I just said, "Hey, if for some reason they give me something else, I'll get to something else." I feel perfectly comfortable with that, and he just let me be me, and he let me, you know, that's the big thing as a player. All you can ask as a coach, just, hey, go be yourself. Do what you got to do. I trust you. And uh, we were able to make some plays and, you know, do some things at the line and have some fun uh, doing it and executing. So it was big. JJ? Nick, kind of along those lines, Jimmy was telling us that you were kind of ad-libbing some stuff uh, up at the line of scrimmage. Just the, did that relationship with Coach Nagy kind of allow you to feel comfortable going in and, and running the offense the way you wanted to run it? Yeah, I mean, it was it was the first time with me that he saw me do that in person. I'm sure, you know, through his relationships with, uh, you know, Coach Peterson, that he sort of knew what, you know, he was getting into. But he trusted me. The big thing was he said, hey, if you see something, go with it. 
And, uh, you know, there was a few times where I was able to get through to a couple of things and recognize the defense. And, um, you know, that's always fun when you can do that because it helps your team. And we were fortunately, you know, able to execute on a lot of those plays. And, you know, that, that makes us more dangerous. Brad Biggs. Nick, uh, how much more comfortable are you right now than you were the day Nagy said, hey, Mitch is going to be our starter at the beginning of the season? I, you didn't get a ton of practice reps, right, uh, from, from that point moving forward. So how different is the feeling right now for you? I think the big thing is uh, all this is so new. Uh, I mean, I just, you know, wasn't expecting this today. Um, obviously, we went out there today and got a win as a team. Um, I felt good out there. Not perfect, but I felt good. Um, as I've been here since, you know, training camp, I've, I've gotten to know my teammates more. I've been able to run scout team and do different things to develop those relationships to where, you know, when you're on the sideline during the game, we know each other more as teammates than we did during training camp. So that's important. But once again, this is one game. Um, we have a long road ahead and we'll look at the film and see how we can continue to improve and um, focus on the next one. But I always use a 24 hour rule to deal with any emotions of a game, win or lose. You got 24 hours to deal with them and then life goes on. All right, Adam, did, did you hear that? It was kind of early in his, his press conference over Zoom there. Let me just read it back to you. When we were in the huddle, I explained to Anthony that if I do happen to kill it, I'm going to throw it to the L. So get to the L. And it'll be a pretty stiff ball, so I knew just in case I didn't have enough time to get it off cleanly, he would be there. So we had that conversation, and he did, and he did his job. We executed so that L obviously is the in the end zone there, right? For it. So and, and, and Falcons or Atlanta, one of the two. One of the both two. have yes. L's. Yes, they both have L's. Um, not going to the film right now. We're, we're doing a podcast. That is. <laughs> how did that strike you, Adam? Yeah. We we've covered Jake Cutler. We've covered Trubisky, and look, I, I think we both think they're pretty good guys, but to hear a detailed explanation like that for a guy in his Bears debut for a game like this, a game-winning play like that, I was just like, whoa, that is something that, okay, that, that could be something different here that we haven't covered quite yet. Well, and the interesting thing was that I noticed in going back and watching this the play so it's the same play that Mitch missed the deep shot to Miller in the second quarter the one subtle difference was that the tight end was on the other side of the formation Um, but once again they got the same look from the Falcons where they rushed six on the play and the protection was not picked up the same way that Mitch actually did it successfully in the first half um, you didn't hear danger, danger. I don't know if it was necessary or not. The Bears still had six-on-six six blockers. It just wasn't blocked as well. And Foles took a hit. Like, his arm, I was shocked that the ball went as far as it did because it looked like his arm got hit and it took something off the off the fl- off the uh, throw. But I guess you heard it. I mean, Miller was where he was supposed to be. Foles got the ball there. And, you know, it's football. Sometimes... Sometimes you just need a small thing like that to to make the play work, and 
Look, today it worked. The Falcons suck on defense, okay? <laughs> they blew another lead. That's got to be part of this conversation. I don't know what this is all going to look like going forward with Nick Foles. I do know that today he jump-started the offense. The move was obviously justified. Uh, it was the right call by Matt Nagy. I don't know how he could possibly start Mitch Trubisky next week. I don't expect him to, but... I also don't know that this is going to be like a shoe-in thing that all of a sudden the offense looks great from now on. I think it's yeah. possible that Nick Foles can do the things and have the intangibles, whatever, that Mitch didn't have putting this whole offense together. I mean, it's really been a two-and-a-half-year struggle now. It, at times it looks good, at times it doesn't, and it's like sometimes you just need somebody to go out there and facilitate the offense that Matt Nagy needs to run. Maybe that's what Nick Foles can do. Just to give further context, so I, I know people are going to be like, oh, the Falcons, like you said, they, they, they suck. They're not a good defense. One of the worst defenses in the NFL. But just to give context to what that fourth quarter comeback is like, I'm going to go to the fish man, the fish dad. He put a stat out there. He's good with those stats, right? Yeah, fun facts. So fun facts. This is on Twitter. Since at least 1940, the Bears are now 3 and 144, 3 and 144 when trailing by 16-plus points entering the fourth quarter, with two of those wins coming in the past 14 days. So what you're seeing, Adam, does not happen often. I know we're taking a quick break here, but I just want to highlight one more thing. Nick Foles used the word trust a few times when discussing the play calling with Matt Nagy. I think that's very notable. Jimmy Graham said that Nick Foles was doing some ad-libbing at the line. I'm not sure Trubisky's afforded such freedoms. I'm not sure that the word trust, at least in this capacity, works with the Trubisky conversation, at least in terms of what we just saw from Nick Foles. Well, I think the answer to that is that Nagy's been trying to trust Mitch, and he does have the ability to kill plays and change plays, and he's supposed to be able to read pre-snap if he should be going against the man or zone, you know, check what's within the play. Um, at least sometimes that's how the field split in half. That doesn't mean the execution's always there. Yes, but that was notable, and you heard it from Foles there. They said that Nagy said, you know, gave him the trust to he, he. I think he said he trusts me if I see something to go with it. And then even Foles said, I did that a few times, and it feels really good when you do do do, do that. So I think Nagy's been trying to trust Mitch. I think you still got to go out and do it and earn the trust going forward, and I think at least today, that's what we saw from Nick Foles. All right, more on Trubisky in a second. Got to take a quick timeout. All right, John Z. Well, no matter where Bears fans are watching this incredibly stressful game today, I'm sure they were social distancing, and getting that opportunity to celebrate the 3-0 Chicago Bears with a beer over Miller time. Miller Lite is the only beer of the Chicago Bears. It was Miller time again. Anthony Miller time again on the road, this time in Atlanta. Miller Lite has a long-term partnership with the Bears. and has been a staple in Soldier Field for decades. And again, it's great to have at home when you're watching this during social distancing. So here's to the Bears. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. And remember, no matter where you are watching the game, it's always Miller time in Chicago. Pick up Miller Lite for your game day needs. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. 
All right, Johnsy, on the other side of this is Mitch Trubisky. And I saw you tweet it. And I think there's a strong argument for it. Once you make this move, you can't really go back. I guess the only exception would be... Well, let me say, I don't entirely agree with that because the obvious one is if he, if Foles gets hurt, which he's gets hurt, that's he's happened. to do. You're going to have to go back to Mitch Trubisky. It's not like you're putting Tyler Bray out there. But I also think that if Foles struggles, which has also happened in his career, I, I don't know that the Trubisky thing is dead. Fair enough. I think I think um, I think there's a good chance it is though. <laughs> the well, the confidence question again becomes part of the conversation with Trubisky. Like, where's this at? Like, where's that at? After this televised benching, it's it's a pertinent question to um, yeah. I, I guess the the argument is like how bad does Foles actually have to be? Like, what what's your level of bad? For, you know, replacing him with with Trubisky. Well, I don't even know that it gets quantified in, in just good and bad as much as that thing we were talking about before and trust. You know, it, the interesting thing about this game, Johns, was as they were going to the fourth quarter and they're trailing again. I'm like, here's the here's the weird part about all this. You kind of almost want Trubisky in the game in the fourth quarter. That's like his time to shine. When you're trailing, and I know that they didn't want it to be at that point where they were, but I I didn't expect them at all to go back to Mitch, but I thought we were going to be having a conversation after the game, after a Bears loss, of, being, you know, of that at least being part of the conversation. It's really not, because Foles answered that, and he uh, obviously played incredibly well in the comeback effort. But, yeah, I think it had to be pretty bad Yeah, yeah, for Trubisky yeah. to come back out. Now, I think Trubisky is to use, what's Nagy's word for, uh, like he's conditioned, he's calloused, I think emotionally now. Like I, I feel like he can, he can handle it. So if we're going to talk about confidence, I, I feel like there's some callousing that's happened with him emotionally. And I think he'd be fired up to go back in. But... It's it's fired up like Ryan Pace fired up. Yeah, well, no, not anymore. But I just, to me, it's injury or not. I just don't think like they brought him in, they acquired him. I don't like. He wasn't a free agent signing, guys. He, like he was traded for, and they restructured his deal. He's under contract for three years. It's going to take a lot now for that change to happen. I, I don't know if Nick Foles will, will be that bad. I really don't. If he can continue to hit throws that Trubisky has has missed, even if it's just like at 50% of completing those missed throws, the Bears' offense is significantly better because we know those exist in the Bears' offense. As much as people nitpick Matt Nagy's offense, there's always one or two throws a game that could potentially change that game that Trubisky has missed in the past. Like and if the- And if... Throw to Anthony Miller that Nick Foles made in the fourth yes. quarter. Yes, so if Nick Foles hits those, even at half percent, fifty percent, whatever, like the offense changes. Yeah. All right, here let's do this. I, I have a kind of a closing thought on the uh, quarterback conversation. First, let's hear from Mitch Trubisky um, to get an idea of his confidence, maybe where his his emotion is at at this point. Uh, first of all, and I know we both want to give credit, and it's a media thing, but seriously. 
I didn't think there was a chance in hell we were going to hear from Mitch Trubisky after this game. Uh, not only because even under regular circumstances, you could get a player like this to duck out even in the locker room. That happens when we have access to the locker room. It happens a lot, actually. Um, but with the Zoom call set up and not us not even being there and not being able to go to the locker room, I didn't think we'd hear from the quarterback, the, the benched quarterback. We did. Mitch Trubisky, to his credit, addressed the media after this game and uh, took the questions, handled it like a pro, and I do think that needs to be pointed out in this situation. Here he is, Mitch Trubisky. Hey, Mitch, just take us back to that that moment on the sideline where Matt comes up to you and, and tells you he, he's going with Nick. What's running through your mind? What, what are the emotions like for you? Yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't Matt. It was Coach Laser. Um, it kind of happened out of nowhere. He just said, Nick is up, and uh, and, and that, that was that. So I, I just accepted the news. I, try, I had Nick, Nick's back. Like, like he, he's had mine, and the situation sucked, but it was just the flow of the game, how it was happening. Coach made a decision that he felt was best for the team, and I'm really happy for this team. I mean, they, they battled back, and uh, it was awesome to get a W, but uh, it sucks to get news like that, but that's just how it goes. I just got to control what I can control. Pat Finley. Mitch, what what did you see or not see on the on the last interception? There, uh, I was just working through my progression. Uh, I didn't see the defender in front of Jimmy, and we we just weren't on the same page. Uh, I was trying to trying to give him the ball, going out the backside, and uh, I didn't see that defender in front of him. So uh, I just got to see in front of the throws and make better decisions. And um, obviously, got to play better to 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 keep my job. So. It, it, it all falls back on me for, for not playing better in the second in the first half. And uh, when you have crappy plays like that, then uh, you, 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 put, you put it out of your hands, and it is tough. Mike Berman. Mitch, what uh, psychologically, how do you attack things going, going from here, you know, when you get to practice? Do you, do you think that you will have an opportunity to start. Do you think you deserve it, or do you think Nick has earned the opportunity to start now? Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm just going to approach practice, uh, trying trying to perfect my craft, trying to get better, um, always being there for my teammates. And this is still a team-first game, so whoever is first, um, it, if Nick's the starter going forward, uh, that it is what it is, and i got to have his back just like he had mine. So it, it's always team-first. And uh, but while we're at it, practice, I, I got to just continue to get better, work on my craft, and make sure I'm pushing my teammates because uh, because I'm still a leader on this team, and I feel like guys still look at me. So when when, when bad stuff happens, you just gotta you just gotta roll with the punches and and, and keep battling through. And uh, I, we did that in the second half, and I'm proud of the guys for battling back and finding a way to win. And that's how I'm gonna attack practice. Just just keep trying to get better and keep bringing try to bring a positive attitude every day. Kevin Fishbane. Mitch, what was it like for you in the fourth quarter to be where you were, but also watching your team make the comeback they did with a different quarterback? Yeah, you could feel the momentum shift uh, when they weren't really doing anything on offense, and then we were getting the ball with good field position, and then uh, a couple plays here and there, guys were making plays on offense, and they were doing a great job of uh, breaking some tackles and getting the end zone, and and it was exciting. So uh, the offense did a great job second half, uh, defense came up with a lot of big stops, and uh, it, was a, it was a good team win. It was a great way to finish. A couple more for Mitch. Jason Leisure. Mitch, you've always been uh, very honest uh, and analytical about your own play. Do you feel like after how the first three weeks have gone, 
that it was merited to take you out today? I mean, it's always one game at a time. What I did the first week and the second week doesn't really matter. Um, the fact of the matter was uh, we weren't doing too well in the first half, and Coach felt like making a change and taking me out would help us do better. And uh, the only thing I can control is me playing better And when, when I had those reps in the first half, and I didn't do that. So I gave him the opportunity to pull me. He did, and uh, it is what it is. So you just got to move forward, uh, accept it, and, and continue to be a great teammate. But um, it's, it, it's just a tough deal sometimes. Dan? Mitch, there was a, a deep shot to Anthony right before the end of the half. Just wondered what, uh, what you saw in that play and maybe just sailed it by a yard or so. Yeah, just, uh, just missed it. Just missed it. Those are the plays you, you got to make, especially in a big situation right before half. Uh, it was actually the, the same exact last play that Anthony, Anthony caught. So mine, I, I overthrew it, and, and Nick had a really good throw to, for the go-ahead win. Um, and, and that's how it goes. You got to make those throws. So that's on me. And, but the guys didn't give up. We came back to it uh, in the fourth quarter, and, and it came up big for us. So it's, uh, I got to make that throw in the first half, but I'm glad that the guys finished it off, finished it off in the fourth half. And, the fourth quarter, and we got to win. So, John, I just kind of want to close the quarterback conversation with this because, whatever we we get labeled as Trubisky defenders, it's what part of this what's podcast? Fine. Um, <laughs> I think it's all you, fun. It's all I, good fun. Yeah, I I I, th- I think if you clearly what, you, what I think if you have been listening to us though since the Nick Foles trade. This is actually played out, um, and we went back and forth a little bit on who we thought would be the quarterback, especially back in the spring. But we have been trying to tell you for months that yes, Nick Foles was traded for; he was brought in here, but he's really an expensive insurance policy, uh, one that's likely to be cashed in too. But they're trying to give Trubisky one more shot to overcome his faults. And I think that's been how this has played out. You know, the, the quarterback competition was truly neck and neck. And I actually, at the end, had that meter pointed a little bit towards Foles in how they played, but also came to the conclusion that Trubisky deserved one more opportunity because it was close enough. And he played well enough, but not great in the first two weeks to start a third game. And for all those reasons we listed earlier on in this podcast, it was time to make the change today. Nagy came to that conclusion, and this was exactly why they traded for Nick Foles. Unfortunately, this thing has not worked out with the number two overall pick from 2017. And so I think if you've truly been listening to us, it's all been objective. We've been telling you what's going on, and we've also multiple times told you that this was a likely scenario to play out in 2020. Also, Nick Foles didn't exactly go out and, and win that competition either. So, like in in the in the spirit of fairness in competition, if it was that even, you know, almost tie goes to the incumbent in, in a sense. And I think they kind of played out that way. And, and Nick Foles did struggle at times throughout camp, so maybe he did, in reality, lose the competition according to to their grading. But when the lights are on, things are just different for Trubisky. Um, it was easy to try. Like you could see reasons for optimism, but there was also reasons for pessimism in the first couple of weeks. And I think we did do a good job of explaining those. But 
the offense did feel different with Nick Foles in. We'll see if it lasts. There's a lot of questions still about this team going forward. There's still 13 games. Hey, we do have breaking news, though, Johns, which I feel like we haven't really addressed. The Bears are 3-0. and <laughs> I put out a poll question whether or not you feel better about the Bears being three and zero after that win, and I would I would hope so. I would hope so. Three and zero is not easy. Forget touchdown passes that are dropped in the end zone, you know, by Lions running backs. You know, the Bears redeemed themselves after their receivers dropped their touchdown passes. Did they not? Hey, the Lions won a football game today, so the Bears opponents at least have one win. Time out. You're lying. You're no, lying. they they won. They beat the Cardinals. You lie. You lie. Oh wow. Not I'm bad. not lying. They went into Arizona and won. So the Bears opponents are one and eight. As I watch my boys, Russell Wilson, throw a touchdown to DK Metcalf as we record this. I know no one cares about my fantasy team, but I care about my fantasy team. And that's why you do stacks on stacks on stacks, Adam Johns. So if you're still listening to this podcast, we're gonna take a quick we're gonna take a quick By break. the way, I I actually feel bad that I just brought all that up because our producer Kent Garrison is the biggest Cowboys fan in the world, and I was not thinking about him as I just got totally sidetracked with my mind. So my apologies to him. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take a quick time out, we're gonna come back, get back on track. Cause I do want to talk about what this three and zero start means for your Chicago Bears. And some we'll officiating. Re- oh yeah. We'll be right back. You know, I really do feel bad about what just happened there. I'm uh, going sidetracked on my fantasy team. I'm upsetting our great producer, Kent Garrison, who's a Cowboys fan. Because as we're recording this, he is watching the Cowboys-Seahawks game. And he's doing so using Fubo TV. Now, Fubo has a great family plan, Adam, where three people can watch at once. The standard base plan has two screens at once. You get 15% off in your first month. There's 30 hours of DVR. And like Kent is watching his Cowboys, you get your local broadcast too. And NBC Sports is also included on the national feed with the NFL season right here, right now. Fubo TV will not disappoint. Stay updated on your favorite teams as well as local broadcast news. So go to FuboTV.com slash athletic today and get 15% off your first month. You won't regret it. That's FuboTV.com slash athletic. Start your first month today. And talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash Adam and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash Adam today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash Adam. GetRoman.com slash Adam. 
closing up the conversation, the Bears are 3-0. and uh, They've played three not-so-great teams, but they have won three games. I still don't think I know how good this team is, Johns. I do know if they put together a more consistent offense, and maybe Nick Foles can do that, uh, they'll be in better shape going forward. I also have concerns about this defense, though. And I know that they tightened things up late. They made the plays they needed to. And actually, the pass rush, I thought, looked good for the most part in this game. But this still isn't the 2018 Chicago Bears defense. I felt like, how do I want to phrase this, that the officials were on path to to getting a game ball in this one. You know me. I'm not one to bemoan officiating. But, no, that's usually me. But correct me wrong, Mr. Officials. Is is there some type of rule out there where you can hold Cleo Mack and not get called for it? Yes, there is, and we see it about 10 times every game. Okay, well, what's, what's that? Just ignore I, 52? Yeah. That's what it's called? Never, I mean, yeah. at least once a game you should call it. When he yeah. gets held multiple times. <laughs> yes. So, so I, I can't wait to watch the, the All-22 because I swear I saw two guys doing it at the same time. I, I don't... I would be so frustrated if I was him. Um, the other thing, I hate when... This is a consistent problem in the NFL. They have good intentions when they put rules in. <laughs> and then the officials don't use common sense. Okay, and what I'm talking about here is... A couple of years ago, when... Was it Anthony Barr or Eric Kendricks? One of the two of them sacked Aaron Rodgers and drove his shoulder into the ground. And purposely, you could tell on that play, put the body weight into Aaron Rodgers like they were trying to hurt him. Okay, and that, you can quibble over there's intent to injure or not, but for years, that's how football was. There was like an extra, we're not just trying to tackle the guy, we're trying to inflict pain. And it was a mentality that was being coached into them. Okay, And it is in the league's best interest to keep quarterbacks healthy. All players, but especially quarterbacks. And I don't want to see quarterbacks get hurt. I don't care who we're talking about. And that includes Aaron Rodgers. I love watching Aaron Rodgers play football. And so they put this rule in, this body weight on the quarterback rule. And I actually think it's a good rule. I think it's smart. I think it keeps quarterbacks healthy. And it makes a defender think twice when they take a guy down. Okay, but there is a difference between purposely driving that guy into the ground and trying to land on them to hurt them and simply landing on a quarterback because there's this thing that exists in the world called gravity. There were apple, where apples fall from the tree, right? Yes, and gravity takes players to the ground. And when you tackle somebody, sometimes you're going to land on them. And there is a common sense, hello, common sense, which does not exist in NFL officiating ever. Hello, everyone. This is Al Riveron. And it drives me crazy. You don't have to call it just because Akeem Hicks happens to land on Matt Ryan as he hits the guy very cleanly. And he's probably going to get fined for it. Akeem Hicks is which probably going to get fined. Which is even more ridiculous. It, it, even more ridiculous. And there should be some common sense there. Um Although I think this happened in Denver last year and they didn't find him when it was all said and done. Yeah, well, they, they shouldn't. It's I understand the rules, but I want to go back to what you said about thinking twice. 
you can't think twice in a split second pass rush where you're trying to do everything you can to force turnovers and, and to put your team in a position to win where you got bodies just everywhere you know like like I understand I understood the, the Mario Edwards one where he hit the where he hit Matt Ryan in the head like okay you know but but even then like there's just Matt Ryan's going to the ground Mario Edwards is is kind of low like what's he supposed to do in that split second you know where you want him to think twice does he have the capability of getting lower like it's always easier to see these plays in slow-mo but this game doesn't happen in slow-mo Akeem Hicks had every right to be kind of fired up about it like, did you catch, catch his, uh, his his post game here? I mean, I'll read a little bit, you know, a, a little bit, you know. Um, I think I could speak for people that watch the game and they want to see people get hit. They want to see the quarterback quarterback get roughed up a little bit. You don't want him to stand in the pocket and go on vacation. I love that quote. You know, you don't want him to stand in the pocket and go on vacation. You want him to feel you around him. And and the Bears pass rush. Was good, even though, you know, Cleo Mack was held 52 times to, to use his number. It just, yeah, the Bears defense, they almost helped the Falcons out a bit, you know, with the, the, their their own problems on third downs, and some of this was the, their penalties. But, yeah, for a while there, to go back to what I what I said, I don't know, five minutes ago, it, it really felt like the officials were trying to earn a game ball, you know, from the Falcons locker room. <laughs> Well, and, and yeah, and Jerome Boger did not have a good day. It started with that they almost committed a, a horrendous mistake, uh, the type of thing that would keep a guy out of officiating the Super Bowl. Well, I don't let think... me guess. Let me guess. Can I guess? Can sure. I guess? Yeah. Where you had offsetting penalties on the same team? Yes. Yes. Which is like in uh, week one, which I, I had never seen the helmet to football hit that was called on Kyle Fuller. You know, I've heard of helmet to helmet, but personal foul helmet to football had never seen that before. Uh, this I had never seen before either. Offsetting penalties on the same team—that's just egregious. I don't know what. I mean, and it, it took New York to buzz them and get it fixed. So at least, and by the way, it's more than Al Riveron in New York now. Walt Anderson's in there. Uh, I think Walt Anderson's actually in charge now. They did demote Al Riveron. Now, one question on that. Why isn't Dan Quinn not going crazy on the sideline? Yeah, it, it didn't seem like the Falcons knew what was going on either. Yeah, yeah. okay. okay. Offset, well, you know, we get another play. No, no problem. I, I think they were just so happy it didn't result in the turnover that. Yeah. Um, anyway, and then you had. Oh, the that's right. That is true. Okay. Sorry, Dan Quinn, but you're on a hot seat still. Yeah, he's in trouble. He's in a lot of trouble. Um, the overturn on Allen Robinson's touchdown was bad too and originally I thought it was going to get overturned because I didn't think he ever had two feet down or you know had completed the catch before the ball came out which would essentially make the ball still live and take away that simultaneous catch rule which does go to the offense okay but after they went to commercial break and came back you did see the high end zone angle where after getting one foot down, Robinson's shoulder also hit. And if you freeze it at that point in time, they are sharing possession of the football. So at that point, it should be a catch. And because it's simultaneous possession, it should be ruled a touchdown for Allen Robinson. At the very, very least, there is not indisputable visual evidence to 
say that the Falcons at that point had possession and that it should have been an interception. So not only did I not think that there was enough to overturn the call, but I actually thought that the replay supported the call on the field, which was a touchdown. And now it's after me originally looking at it and saying I thought it should have been an interception. So I think New York and our guy. Hello, everyone. This is Al Riveron. Totally screwed that up. And I don't even care if it's Walt Anderson. You're you're eating this, Al. You're taking this. <laughs> We're gonna play you again. Like that was a touchdown to me. I I didn't see the video evidence to to overturn it, but at the same time, I'm, I was left with the same feeling. Like Allen Robinson, just keep possession of that ball. Don't let that happen. Don't let another defender. Yeah, that's true. Rip, that's rip fair. That, rip that ball away from you. Like that's your ball. You're a number one guy. Hold on to that ball. Now that said, Allen Robinson played like a number one wide receiver. After that, he got to 100 yards. That was one of our three big questions. Yes, yes. Proving us wrong. That catch and run that he had for the touchdown, I love that. You need your playmakers to make plays like that, and you're supposed to be the Bears' best one. Big play there for Allen Robinson. Meanwhile, Anthony Miller drops that touchdown. That was bad. You got to catch that football, but at least he comes back and makes the... Can you imagine the Falcons? The Falcons blew this lead. With two overturned touchdowns. Yeah, with two overturned touchdowns. And, by the way, there were still two minutes left. Like, it's not like the Bears threw a Hail Mary at the end. No. They had plenty of time to spare when they took the lead. Man. You know, when we talked to Jeff Schultz uh, the other day about Matt Ryan's place amongst quarterbacks, like, I know Mitch Trubisky will have his overthrows. I know quarterbacks always have their misses. Like, people need to understand that quarterbacks miss throws every single game, even the best ones, right? But Matt Ryan just was just, I mean, that interception at the end. Oh, yeah. Not good. Bad pass. I mean, Calvin Ridley's a hell of a player, but, yeah, Matt Ryan looked, uh, maybe it was the Bears' defense. Maybe it was that pass rush. Maybe he did feel Khalil Mack, even though he was held 52 times. But he did not look like one of the, the best quarterbacks in this one. 52 times for 52. Yes. You like that? I think the tape probably supports your case, actually. All right. We need to get out of here. What a game. Again, the Bears are 3-0. and Enjoy it. Yeah. And the uh, Trubisky haters can also enjoy that Trubisky got benched. Oh, there's yes. a lot of uh, self-congratulations yeah. going on, I'm sure, around Chicago. But the Bears are 3-0. and Their defense turned it on. Nick Foles is your starting quarterback. That's a thing. Although Matt Nagy doesn't want the Colts to know that yet. Shh, Frank Reich. You don't know who's starting. I probably laughed, too. Yeah, he probably knows. All right, let's get out of here. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Send us tweets and things. Actually, I enjoy the tweets you guys send us on Mondays. Sometimes it helps our content. Like that play we ended up breaking down last week. So we love it. Do it again. Interact hey, with give us. us another, actually, give us another one. We'll do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Send us we'll, a play to break down. Uh, and you should read us, though, too. If you're going to do all that, you got to read us. and you got to be subscribed to The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Go there right now. For some reason, you're not subscribed. Get a great deal. A dollar per month for 12 months. Do that. TheAthletic.com slash Hogan John. Download the app. The app's great. You can listen to the podcast right there uh, and while you're 
reading all the great content, and you, know, you, you get Kevin Fishbane stuff, too. We'll hear from Kevin on Tuesdays, Tuesdays with the Fishman coming up, and um, you can read me at NBCSportsChicago.com. My column up on the Bears offense and Nick Foles' jump-starting of that offense is up. You can check it out there. Please rate and review the podcast. That's huge. It helps us, helps promote the thing. More importantly, tell your friends. Get a Bears, fans, Bears fan you know that, hey, tell them. You should be listening to this podcast about the 3-0 Chicago Bears. Call our voicemail line. Interact with us. We appreciate you guys listening. We will talk to you on Tuesday. See ya. How's everyone doing? This is Nick Foles. Just entered the meeting.